may be seated. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 20. So I know we had the spirit move a couple of weeks ago, and last week we had Steve. He done an excellent job in that, in that teaching. That was really great, really good teaching last week. And if you wasn't here to hear it, uh, it'll be loaded up on a podcast or, or somewhere. So you need to hear that. Because uh, what he taught is why does, why does bad things happen to good people? And a lot of times we always would like to, I mean, that's one of the biggest questions that you always hear asked. And I think he did a really good job explaining that. Okay, so we're in this congregation at Thyatira in Revelation 2. We talked about this is the fourth congregation uh, that he's addressing. We do know that Revelation is the revelation of Yeshua himself. He said that in chapter 1. Uh, also, it says in chapter 1 that he is walking amongst his lampstands. He calls us lampstands. And we're supposed to be the light of the world. So we're supposed to have our oil, which is the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to have the light, which he lights in us. And uh, Because Yeshua is the light of the world. But he tells us that we're lights of the world. That we're not to keep our light hidden from the world and the people. Because we're the hope. Of the people. And uh, that same hope that he's given us, he wants us to share it with others. So we're not to be able to take something he gives us and go and, and bury it. We're supposed to share it with others. Our life, because it's a look, and like I said before, this is no secret. It seems like every time we get up here every week, the world is getting crazier and crazier. So, um, but you know what? We're not to be anxious for anything, we're going to trust in him. And, and really and truly, these teachings, which I have nothing to do with except Yeshua just downloading this stuff, um, and, and the scriptures just coming alive off the pages because of where we're at and where we're living. And um, so with that in verse, I just want to go back at verse 19 because of what we talked about with the young couple up here. Look at the words that are even used. He said, I know your works, your love, faith, service, and patient endurance. That was some of the fruit of the Spirit and all that we had mentioned in uh, this declaration that we was given this young couple with Christopher and Natalie. But I know your works, your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance. These are the things that we are supposed to have. And he said that your latter works exceed your first. Now in verse 20, because this is where we were at, and we're sort of been stuck right here on these two verses, 20-21, because this covers a lot of areas. The first thing it says, but this I have against you. Now he's talking, remember, he's not talking to heathens here. He's talking to church people. He's talking to believers here, the congregation here. He says, but this I have against you. You tolerate, and if you remember when it says that woman, we mark that word. The two oldest manuscripts has that word, your wife. And I would like, if you'd like to write in your scriptures, you need to write your wife there. Because it makes, because this is, Tammy's my wife. She's not that woman. If I call her that woman, I will know about it. Okay? You just don't call. That's like my old lady. Don't call your wife your old lady. Don't do that. If you want to live. If you want to be able to eat an apple with your teeth. Don't call your wife your old lady. Okay? Or don't call her that woman. Okay? That's right. Yeah, that was our prenup. That's right. Knock your teeth out. Okay, so 
if you look at the scriptures, I have this against you that you tolerate your wife, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. Remember, we talked about she calls herself something that Yahweh didn't call her. That's usually what happens. And is teaching and seducing my servants. This, this doctrine is getting out into the congregation, teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. So this is idolatry, sexual immorality. We know this. It all is part of idolatry, the whole gamut uh, that happens. Now, with that said, we understand you tolerate what Jezebel... Look, guy, this is a mixture. This is a mixture of worship. This is where he gives us Shabbat. He gives us the feast days. He tells us that these are appointed times. He tells us where to be, what to do, how to do it, for the most part. Now, naturally... Uh, as we're doing Pesach, we do it the best way we know how, what he's revealed to us, and you understand what I'm saying. Uh, Yeshua is our lamb, and we honor him, and we just praise him, and we're excited. He has met us on all of these feasts and festivals, regardless of our ignorance. He's been able to meet us, but yet he expects us, when he reveals something to us, he expects us to change whenever he's showing us something. Amen? Okay, now... With that, let's go to Jeremiah 44. Because, guys, this is, this is one of the most important. If, if we can't get this, we might as well pack up and go home. we got to make sure, because I will tell you, this is my opinion. The majority of the church world as we know it, whenever we pray, we pray wanting Yahweh to answer us according to our ways. Am I crazy? No. I mean, really and truly. And I'm, I'm guilty if I really wanted something. I thought we was going to get through a little thing here without a gun issue, but now we got some guns. We ain't going to buy a gun. Down because us Southerners, we like our guns, right? And I've always said that. You know, the thing is, is if I, man, and that's right. That's what I try to tell Tammy every time I get ready to buy one. I remind her about the Second Amendment. When I start reading that, she's like, I know what's coming up. You know what I'm saying? It's our constitutional right, babe. Yeah, and then she goes back to the prenup. I'll lose your teeth. So anyway, so what happens is, is this, is that what I'm just saying, I just want to be as honest as I can because this is an issue. This is This caused them... A lot of problems with what we're going to read. And so, with that said, let's just jump into verse 44 1. And that's all we're going to read in 44 because then we got to back up. It says, The word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the Judeans who lived in the land of Egypt. Now, the question is, is how in the world did they get in the land of Egypt? That's the question. And it says that Migdal, Migdal was in the north part of Egypt. And this is called uh, Tapanes, it's the very lower parts of Egypt, at Memphis, that was on the west bank where the Nile was at, and then the land of Pathros, and that was the upper region of Egypt. So the question is, the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the Judeans who lived in Egypt, that's the question. So now let's go back to get the answer, Jeremiah 42, and let's just take this little journey. Now, I wanted you to, if you remember, when I said in 44, it said, the word of Yahweh came to Jeremiah. 
But here, it's not going to say that. And this is why this is important. A lot of us, when we're trying to find direction in our life, whether we're trying to find direction for our family, for our extended family, or for this congregation as a community, I'm telling you, COVID has turned this world upside down. But do you know, really and truly, I'm seeing a lot of great things coming out of it. Because I'm seeing people moving out into their own businesses and starting their own businesses, and they're starting to be prosperous in these businesses. And so why am I going to sit here and say that even though there was some negative, but you know what? It's just like this. If we don't cross the Red Sea, he may have to bring Pharaoh or COVID to get us moving. And maybe that's some of the things that's happened in this. Okay, so 42 verse 1. I don't know how far we'll get. Hopefully we'll get through all of this. It says, Then all the commanders of the forces, Jehanan, the son of Kariath, of Azaritus, I don't know, Apparitus, uh, Arthritis, and all of these Ituses. I was not raised Jewish, guys. <laughs> Just, these names is killing me. I'm not even close. Yeah, I, and you know what? I underline these little things. As Zanai, okay. I tell you what, Tammy, read verse 1 for me, please. That's in the prenup, too. <laughs> Then all the commanders of the forces, Yohanan, the son of Korea, Yezaniah, and the son of Hoshea, and all the people, both small and great, approached. That's what I meant. Okay, <laughs> so we see that these commanders and these son ofs and the son ofs, it says, and all the people from the least to the greatest came near. So this means everybody. Everybody has come near to Jeremiah, it says, look at verse 2, and said to Jeremiah, the people came to Jeremiah, Yahweh didn't come to Jeremiah. You got to get this. Because a lot of times we say, and, and Yahweh came, and Yahweh came, and Yahweh came, and the prophets went out. This time they're coming to the prophet. And when they came to the prophet, they're making a request of Jeremiah to go to Yahweh and he asking a question. So it says, and he said to Jeremiah, the prophet, let our plea for mercy come before you and pray to Yahweh your Elohim for us. For all of this remnant, because we are left but a few, and your eyes see it, or see us. Okay, let me give you some background of what's happening. What is happening in chapter 42? Israel has sinned against Yahweh, the, the tribes of Judah, for... A long time, not committing, not uh, keeping what? The Shemitah, the seven-year land rest, all these years. He's already now sent, back in 39 and 40, he sent Nebuchadnezzar to Israel. They rounded up Daniel and a lot of them. They rounded up a whole group, and they marched them back to Babylon. But as you well know, that they didn't take everybody. There was a remnant that was left among the people. And this is that remnant now, because, see, Jeremiah didn't have to go to Babylon because Nebuchadnezzar recognized him as a true prophet because he was prophet, prophesying that Nebi's coming. And when he came, he understood. He took him out of prison because the, the Jewish leaders of that day, or the kings, put him in prison because he kept prophesying, you need to repent. And they kept saying, no, you're a liar. Your word's not true. Well, whose word ended up being true? Jeremiah, and 
work with me here a little bit. I would think at this moment, when this all happened that Jeremiah said was going to happen, it happened in their day, in their hour. And when it happened, these people recognized it because they said, now we're left here, we're a remnant. Now what do we do? We need direction. Is that not what we would want to know when, when crazy things is happening in our country? That's what we do. We start crying out for direction. Father, what would you have us to do? You would think, out of all the prophets that were prophesying, Jeremiah got it right. And they'd live to know that Jeremiah got it right. Okay? I'm just painting this picture. So here, there is this remnant left. The rest of them has gone off to Babylon. So there is a group that's still in the land of Canaan. And they ask that question. Verse 3, it says that Yahweh, now this is still them asking, that Yahweh your Elohim may show us the way that we should go and the things that we should do. In other words, we need direction. We don't know where we're to go, and we don't know what in the world we're supposed to do. So if you go, if you go and you ask, look at verse 4. Jeremiah the prophet said to them, I have heard you. Behold, I will pray to Yahweh your Elohim according to your request. Whatever Yahweh answers, I will tell you. I will keep nothing back from you. So he's telling them, if it's good, I'm going to let you know. But if it's bad, you're going to know that too. Okay? So the IVP commentary said this about verse 3 when it said this, And Yahweh your Elohim may show us the way that we should go and the things that we should do. The commentary piece, and I like this, it says, They consulted Elohim like many, not so much to know what was right as wishing him to authorize what they had already determined on, whether agreeable to his will or not. We do that. We're guilty of that. If we're not, we're going to repent before Pesach, okay? Because a lot of times, this is what we do. We, we consult him because, why? It's the right thing to do. But I have to make sure, because see, this is why this is so important. Because in these end times, whenever Yahweh is speaking, sometimes we have a preconceived idea that what may be going on or what may not be going on. But if the Father is speaking, this is the reason why I think He's speaking in this place, as well as He has a lot of other places, about a body ministry. Because when things are happening, it's just like Rosh Kadesh. When we get up here and we say what we say at Rosh Kadesh, and then Jonathan Kahn and them over there saying the same thing, I don't know Jonathan, and he definitely don't know me. You know what I'm saying? So when that happens, that's the Holy Spirit moving amongst His people this is what it's about. This is about in, in Revelation chapter 1 when it said Yeshua is walking amongst his lampstand. This is not the only lampstand he has. But it is one of them and he's tending us here. But he's speaking the same thing all over the place. We've just got to connect with that and believe that he's, that's the way he works. I just want us to take ownership of this. Because really and truly, if this is happening to us, and this is us, then we need to repent and we need to change. Because, see, when I read in Revelation, uh, 
chapter 2 when we were talking about Thyatira. It says, I gave her time to repent, but she would not. And this is what this is about. If we're not, and this is, look, what he was telling them in Revelation, let me, let me say this. Anybody ever heard the term one world order? Anybody ever heard that? Do you know that's not nothing new? Egypt ruled the world. Babylon ruled the world. There's been a lot of people, a lot of people. Alexander the Great, he's sort of like what? Rule the world. There's a lot of, there's one world government is nothing new. You can go back in history. That's why history is so important to see exactly how these people, they're using the same tactics. Because you know what? It's a spirit. And the spirit doesn't have different rules in different ways. He uses the same tricks. We just keep falling for the same thing. Why? Because we're mixing our worship. We're mixing our religion. We're mixing. And when you get to mixing, guess what? You don't know the difference between whiskey and water. You don't know where the divide is. At least oil and water, you can see the divide. But when you're mixing other things, it's a, it's a slow fade that causes us when we get in a... In, when the shepherds are doing that to the people all over the world, is, is trying to say, this is okay. And so, you know, Stephen, you said this. Only 6% of the, of the Christians are serious in, in walking out what they believe and what they read. That's, a, that's below a remnant, I think, almost. I, I like a remnant, at least be 10%. But what I'm saying is, is this is why we get to where we're at. We're no different today than they were back then. And so with that in mind... Listen to what happens. So they come to him, and they made the statement in verse 3, you show us the way and the things that we're going to do. And then he told them in verse 4, I will tell you, but I'm not going to keep anything back. Now jump down to verse 7. It says, after 10 days, the word of Yahweh came to Jeremiah. Okay? This is another thing. Sometimes we have to have a little patience. For his word to come to us. Whether it's 10 days, whether it's a month or whatever it needs to be. We need to be patient when we're asking him for guidance and direction. Verse 10. Jump down to verse 10. So now this is the answer. They asked, what are we to do? Where do we go? And this was the answer that Yahweh gave them. If you will remain in this land then I will build you up and not pull you down. I will plant you and not pluck you up. For I relent for the disaster that I did to you. So Yahweh is, is relenting here. He's telling them, I don't need to empty everybody out of Canaan. What's already done is done. But for you, the remnant that's left, you need to stay in Canaan. You need to stay where you're at. I'm going to plant you. I'm not going to pluck you up. Verse 11, do not fear the king of Babylon. So we have to understand this. The king of Babylon, why did he show up into Jerusalem to start with? It wasn't Satan. Yahweh said go get them because of their sin. And he brought them into captivity because of the judgment. So if Yahweh brings this king in there to bring judgment, if the same creator says do not fear that king, then guess what? Don't fear the king. Because first he said, fear the king. And they didn't fear the king. And the king came. Now they're afraid of the king. Now he's saying, don't fear the king. But see, when we move in the flesh, we just, we mess up. It says, do not fear the king of Babylon from whom you are afraid. 
Do not fear him, declares Yahweh, for I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. Now, I'm just going to fast forward here because this is Revelation 12, 17. Whenever the man-child was taken up, and those who keep the commandments and have the testimony of Yeshua, Satan, the dragon, goes after the remnant. It goes after her offspring. And the father says, I will what? Save her and protect her and feed her and keep her, I'm adding to it, but in the, in the wilderness. So you can see here that Yahweh has given us a mandate to know that no matter what happens, we are not to fear, but we're to trust that whether he gives us manna, whatever he's to do for us, we're to trust that he's going to do it. But the key is, is that we have to be at right standing with him. See, there's something called Matthew 6.33. Seek you first his what? His kingdom and his righteousness. Then he will add these things to us. But if there's not a seeking the righteousness, and see, they wasn't seeking righteousness here, and you're going to see this. If they would have, they didn't have the hunger and thirst. After all the stuff that happened, they still doubled down. We see the book of Revelation at the end. All the destruction is coming upon the harlot and the beast and in the one world order. You still seeing people doubling down, crying and wanting that system. Can I just say this, that even at the end of the millennial kingdom, whenever Hasatan or Satan is loose for that season, people who has been ruling and reigning with Yeshua almost a thousand years are going to change and go back. The flesh is powerful, guys. The flesh is very powerful. And it's got a huge pull on our lives. Until, you just, until Yeshua makes us whole and perfect, we just know that sin is crouching at the door. You just have to know this. And this is why the Holy Spirit is so important to us every day. Verse 12, he says, I grant you mercy that he may have mercy on you and let you remain in your land. Verse 13, then he tells them this. But if you say we will not remain in this land, disobeying the voice of Yahweh, your Elohim. Now, I just want to stop and say this. If you don't want to know the answer, don't ask. They asked Jeremiah. It didn't say the Lord came to Jeremiah, go tell the people this. They came to him and says, what should we do? Jeremiah said, hey, I'm just going to tell you, Yahweh's serious. So I'm going to tell you the good and the bad, or the good or the bad, or just the bad, whatever's going to happen, and that's what he was doing. Does Hebrews not say that Yahweh, the, the word of Yahweh is what? Sharper than any what? Two-edged sword, and is a discerner of what? The thoughts and the intents in the heart. And here's what's happening. You can't fool Yahweh. When you start praying to him, he already knows what what's in your heart before you even speak with your mouth. Can we just let that sink in just a minute? Because every time that we pray, because I'm just as guilty, a lot of times I would like to pray because I want things to go my way. But Yahweh already knows in my heart that I ain't fooling him with my words. Because he's good like that. Amen. And this is what was happening. So they go to Jeremiah. Jeremiah doesn't know. Jeremiah's just doing whatever the father's telling him to do. But the father knows. And Jeremiah's been around the corner long enough to know 
whatever the Father's going to do, I'm not going to tell you something different. But now the word of the Father is coming back to them, and that's what he says. But if you say, we will not remain in this land, disobeying the voice of Yahweh your Elohim, saying, no, we will go to the land of Egypt. Now remember in, in verse 44, I mean chapter 44, we had the question, how did they get to Egypt? Because they were not in Egypt at this time. They were in the land of Canaan. They were still there. So the question is, because when you get into chapter, it ain't pretty. What happens to them? And so what happens in chapter 44 started in chapter 42 with them asking and seeking direction and them not heeding the direction. And when they didn't heed the direction, when you go through 44, you see all of the destruction and everything that came to them because all I'm going to tell you is, is chapter 42 is the promise of what was going to happen. Chapter 44 is the reality of what happened. So when Yahweh tells you something, I, you can bank on it that it's going to happen. He's saying, saying, no, we will go down to Egypt. This is, he's saying, if you say this, where, shall we, where, uh, where we shall not see war, excuse me, and hear the sounds of the trumpet, and be hungry for bread, and we will dwell there. Then hear the word of Yahweh, O remnant of Judah. Thus says Yahweh of hosts, the Elohim of Israel, if you set your faces to enter in Egypt and to go live there, this is your blessings. And this is what he's saying. Then the sword that you fear shall overtake you. See, they're sitting in Judah right now fearful of the sword. But guess what? If you're out of my will, it doesn't matter where you go. The sword's going to follow you. You see the picture of what's happening in these times. This is why it's so important to be in, right dead in the middle of his will. Because he's telling them the very sword that you fear today, if you go to Egypt, it's going to not only go follow you there, it's going to overtake you there in the land of Egypt. Not only, remember we talk about altar judgments. There's four of them. Wild beast is one, the sword, famine, and pestilence. That's the four altar judgments. He always deals with that. Number one, the sword. Then what he says, And famine, of which you are afraid, shall follow close after you in Egypt. And there you will what? Now this is the word of the Father coming to them. Now they hadn't made their decision yet. But this is the word that came to them. And he's telling them flat out, I will bless you if you stay in the land, but famine, pestilence, and sword, you're going to die. If you go to Egypt, you will die in that land. This is his answer. Jump down to verse 19. Then Yahweh said to you, O remnant of Judah, do not go to Egypt. Know for a certainty that I have warned you this day. Verse 20. You have gone astray at the cost of your lives, for you sent to me, Yahweh Elohim, saying, pray for us. He's reminding them now after he's told them, he says, remember, you sent me to Yahweh for you. And now I'm giving you his word. Pray for us to Yahweh Elohim, and whether Yahweh our Elohim says to declare to us, we will do it. He's reminding them what they said. Verse 21, and I have this day declared it to you, but you have not obeyed the voice of Yahweh your Elohim in anything that he sent me to tell you. Now, you know the reason why he's saying that? 
Because you know what? He's been sending me to you for years. And you hadn't heard the first thing. Why do I think you're any different? Just because now you come to me? I know your heart. I know your ways. I know how you are. I know how you operate. Because you operate just like the ones who left and has gone to Babylon. You say, pray. You, you do the things. You bring your offerings. You, you play the games. But yet your heart is not in His will or not. That's the thing. So this is what Jeremiah is saying. Hey, I've done this. I've been here before. Where have I seen this before? And he's telling them, you have never believed in anything that he sent me to tell you. Now, therefore, know for a certainty that you will die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence in the place where you desire to go and live. So, see, he's throwing that on them now. Where is our desire? That's why I put up here, who are we married to? Are we married to Yahweh? Are we married to Jezebel in that system? See, whoever we're married to, we need to listen to our husband. We need to understand that what is, what is Yahweh speaking? What is Yeshua speaking to us today? Are we following in our own ways? See, do we tolerate a mixture? If we as a body of Messiah, and I'm not talking just here, I'm talking all over, if we, if we tolerate this, you're not going to hear a clear sound. You're not going to hear a clear voice. You just can't do it. And this is the thing. When people are trying to do the feast and do the regular holy days of Catholicism and all of these things, you can't hear. You can't hear his true voice. When he, because even if you hear it, you can't, you can't discern it. It's hard to understand the deep things of the Father. It just is. It's hard enough for people that are walking in his ways to be able to hear because the flesh and everything is what if, what if, what if. These things keep coming up. Can I just say this? I'll get to meddle in a little bit, you know, because we've talked about this. You know, we've been talking about planting and gardening. We've been talking about that at least for six weeks. No. How long have we been talking about that? Since, since, oh, since two Shemitahs ago. How many times did we talk about You know the reason why we didn't move? Because the shelves were full at Walmart. And as long as the shelves are full, you don't move. This is people. This is the way we are. But whenever now you can't find sugar, or you can't find bread, or you can't find your bread, you know, because there's a shortage in pumpernickel, or whatever that stuff is, what I'm saying is, is all of a sudden, we're like, I mean, I, you know, Tammy makes the list. I go to the store. Tammy makes the statement. You know, I'll say they didn't have this. They always have this. I said, you ain't been to Walmart in 10 years. You know, I do, the, I do the grocery shopping. They don't have that. Well, they had it last time. She'll go on the app. They say they have it. They lie. It ain't there. I mean, they may have had it when they put it in the system, but it ain't there now. Yeah, on aisle AG. She's got me on the aisle and the, go down too many tiles and take a right. So... But I said, hey, it ain't there. So I've got, so we're FaceTiming. So I'm doing, hey, FaceTiming, and everybody else, and we're talking. She said, what was there? And everybody down the aisle is looking at us like, say, say, hey, you know, just keep on rolling. I'm just saying, hey, I got to prove it. You know, it's just, it ain't there. Hey, if you, if is it, anybody does the shopping, you know what I'm talking about. It just flat ain't there. It's just crazy. But you know what? We've been talking about it. We've been talking about it. 
in the Father? Because you know why? He put it in our heart to do something about it. It's not just to tell us that this is a good idea. He doesn't tell you things because it's a good idea. He tells you for preparation. He tells you because you're going to be walking out some things, and he's trying to prepare us to walk out things without pain and suffering. But when we don't listen, we have pain and suffering. And I mean, dough your chicken can only lay so many eggs. You know what I'm saying? Somebody else needs to have more chickens. It's just what happens with us. Just, just showing you that the Father is, is, I mean, He is in our lives. So what verse am I at? Verse 16, or verse 19, He told Him not to go down to Egypt. Verse 20. So in verse 21, He says, No, 21 we just covered. 22. Now therefore know for certainty that you shall die by the sword, by famine and pestilence, the place where you desire to go live. Now, 43, one, verse, chapter 43, verse 1. Now, look, before I go into verse, in chapter 43, now, I'm just reminding you, they ask, and he told them. And he's gave, he gave them two sides of the story. He's telling them, if you stay in the land, blessings will happen. If you go to Egypt, you're going to die. You're going to either die by the sword, you're going to die by famine, or by pestilence. It isn't good. I guess he had a little mercy. He didn't throw wild beast in there. So now comes their answer. When Jeremiah finished speaking to all the people in all of these words of Yahweh their Elohim, which Yahweh their Elohim had sent to him, or sent him to them, all right, Tam. All right, here's these guys again. All right, so all of these guys, A, the son of H, and J, the son of K. Okay, and all the insolent men. Now, he uses the word insolent here is this. It means disrespectful and rude. He didn't use that first. They wasn't rude and arrogant, and, and but now the Scripture uses this. And these men said to Jeremiah, A-H and K and Z. They said this. You're telling a lie. Yahweh, your Elohim, did not send you to say, do not go to Egypt and live there. He told them, guys, I just want to say this here. And this is where we're, we're at with this. Seducing spirits, mixing portions and teachings and all of this creates a mindset that you can't hear clearly His voice. You just can't do it. Because here, because this is where the, uh, this is where the majority of creation lives. Always asking, but wishing Him to authorize what we want Him to do. That's where we live. We got to get out of that mindset. If we don't get out of that mindset, it, it doesn't it say if it were possible, even the elect would be what? If you're in this mindset, we will be deceived. And I'm talking about me first. If I'm in this mindset, if I want this thing to be run the way I want it to run, 
then I will promise you that whenever that deceiving spirit comes, it will deceive you. I have to be able to call it like it is, good or bad. There's been good here and there's been some bad. It just has been. But he's faithful because he says, even if all of this stuff, he says, do not fear where I have planted you. Because if I planted you here, and if I plant you in a congregation, does that mean it's going to be a bed of roses? You know what? Let's just say that it may be a bed of roses. But is there not thorns in the roses? So see, sometimes when we wade through the bed of roses, we, it smells good, but we, wait, we come through the other side and we're bleeding. Why are we bleeding? It's because the thorns are in there. So sometimes life is a struggle. Sometimes we go through, but yet he says he would protect us. And you know what? The sword, famine, and pestilence and wild beasts did not, would not have touched them if they wouldn't have gone down to Egypt. Because now let me just say this. When we're at Passover, we came out of Egypt. What does Egypt, in our mindset today, spiritually, what does Egypt represent? The old man, the old man, our old sin nature, the ways of the world, the world, the wickedness and all of that. So why all of a sudden when we're in covenant, because they were in covenant when they were in the land, why do we want to go back out into the world to seek refuge? He's saying there's no refuge for you there. There's no protection for you going back into sin. There's no refuge you going back into the world. There's nothing there to protect you unless I send you there to protect you. This is the mindset that I believe in Revelation chapter 2 with Thyatira that he's trying to get us is are we, in, are we have Yahweh worship or do we have Baal worship? I'm just telling you most of the church has Baal worship in it and it has a lot of it in it. And as long as that mixture's there, there's no way that we can see clearly or we will receive. How in the world? Because I'm telling you, these people knew Jeremiah. Jeremiah is not like us. I mean, Jeremiah was a prophet that walked among them. This man went to prison. They knew he was thrown in jail for his words of Yahweh. And there were others too, but he goes in and they understood. Why would they come to Jeremiah? Why not go to one of the other hacks that they had been talking to the whole time? But yet they come to him because they knew that what Yahweh was going to say was going to be a true word and he would speak it. But yet, down inside, it's called something called wishing. <laughs> they were wishing that whatever Yahweh told them was what we were already envisioning for our life. And that's where we're living. And so this is a warning to us that we need to really be honest with ourselves. that are we going to, whatever you say, Shema, Whatever you say, we will do. Where have we seen this sort of before? Maybe at like Mount Sinai when they were afraid and they were laying there. And then they said, ah, Moses, you go. Whatever he says, we will do. Do you know when you come down this altar and you accept Yeshua as your Savior, you say, whatever he says, we will do. How does that work? I've messed up a handful of times because sometimes I was really wishing that he would authorize some of the things that I would like to do. And he knows that in my heart. But you know the reason why? It wouldn't, if I sought, now work with me here if you can get this revelation. If I would seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he would authorize. But because I'm not, 
he will not authorize, even though it would be good for you. Because it's not, you're creating this mindset here, and it's, it's dangerous. Because then, how can you ever truly know whenever Yahweh speaks to you if it's real or not? And this is where we're at in this day and time where we live is to know that whatever thus saith Yahweh is, we need to be, I need to hear that clear note. I don't need a bunch of different blowing of horns. I need to be able to hear the clear note. And if everybody blows, they need to be on the same note. That's what I'm after. And that's what I'm wanting us to be. But it is preparation. So the Father, as we're going through these congregations, he's telling them these things are great. But he says, but I have this against you in Thyatira that you guys are going and uh, hooking up with Jezebel and her teachings. I'm just saying, in my opinion, and I believe this, the congregation as a whole in the world has this problem because of mixture. Because they're allowing things that the Torah never allows. And that's wrong. And he's tending us and he wants us to shine bright. Amen? Okay. Let's pray. Let's seal this portion.